Hello, welcome to the Amal Life Podcast. We're grateful to be back, and uh, I mean, after surviving last week's parade story, I don't think we can all, I'm, well, I'm going to a parade to, actually tomorrow for my son, so I'm, I couldn't say I could avoid parades, but I am on the lookout for someone wearing a squirrel costume. So. Yeah, we were up in the mountains uh, earlier this week, and every squirrel I, I looked at closely to make sure it was indeed a squirrel and not maybe a mall marketing person yeah, no. who was uh, running around up there, but... Uh, it, they all they all appeared to be squirrels. Oh, a real real deal. They yeah. didn't let you pet them either, or let no. them pull your tail. No. Uh, well, uh, I am Dave, and I am excited to be back here. And I'm always here with my trusty sidekick. This is Don, and we are just excited to get to get going. Um, and you know, Don, uh, th- last week we had our first female uh, guest on, and it was, uh, I think, a triumph for us. Uh, and uh, Tracy was wonderful. And uh, and when we first kicked off our our podcast, it was it was so fun to hear some of our um, immediate you know LinkedIn connections hit us up and say, "Oh, I love this! Oh, we should have we should have done this!" And one of our first ones uh, was uh, was Aaron, and and we we're excited because Aaron has voluntarily wanted to come on and uh, share some stories with us, and she's hilarious. And you can't see her, but we're pretty excited because it's the first day of holiday wear, and she is kicking it with a sweet sweater. And and, I, so welcome, Erin. And she told us that she agonized over which which earrings went best. Yeah, with that well, too, and I think she nailed so, it. So she, she dressed it. for radio yeah. today. Totally, totally there. nailed she, it. So Erin, yeah, welcome there. to the show. Well, thanks very much. Yes, I, I did agonize over both which vest to wear and which earrings to go with it. I went subtle. So <laughs> I'm looking, I'm rocking it this year, guys. Well, well and, and you got to when you're literally staring down, uh, you know, Black Friday, and I mean, when you you can see it from here, and that's the. Oh, worst is that coming the, up? Oh yeah, is well, you you may have blocked it out. There may, there may be a large black void on your calendar that literally starts next week or uh, later this week. But uh, oh, she's uh, on, she's on vacation. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's the vacation time. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I took the month of December off this year. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know uh, th- that's a good rule. For, I, I I remember when I first started in the business, the, like like uh, I remember you know as an assistant GM with the A in front of my name. And and my my mentor GM was like, all right, she opened the calendar and she's like, okay, see this date, and I think it was like November eighteenth was that Saturday. And she's like, from this date, and then she just like kept turning pages on the calendar to this date in January. No one leaves this center. <laughs> it's like you know, so so I so I so I get that. Be, be, before you get started, Aaron, I just have to tell. I had a marketing director one time who uh, booked himself into a um, a play that ran through Christmas. And so he came in and said, I'm not going to be available any night except one night a week. And I have to leave early on these days and the other days. He did not last real long in that position after that, but he did go into full-time acting. So, right. at, so. at a local level. So it was a, it was a good career choice for him, but it was a gutsy move when you come in and say, yeah, I'm really can't do anything for yeah. you. During I'll, I'll be here every other Saturday <laughs> yeah, for two right. hours. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Aaron, well, when, when you guys asked me to come on the podcast, I think I told you one of my first thoughts was, what can I tell them that A, will not get me thrown in jail or B, get me fired? Oh, so the two, uh, two rules to live by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stick to them right to the very end. I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, how did you get in the business, Aaron? What, what was the, you know, like all of us, we fall into it somehow. But how did how did you fall into it? 
Well, I have a bachelor's of science in nutrition because oh, that's, that's just it. a logical that's lead it. to being a general manager that's of a regional mall. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. wait, 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 wait. I bet you have the best lineup of food in your food court of anywhere because I'm sure you've gone through and balanced it based on nutritional needs, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's all keto right now. That's, that, that is, yeah. uh, you know, hats off to you. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got started with that and I ended up... Um, being a bookkeeper for a private syndicator, which is t- going back in time a little bit and then moved sideways into management. So my start was not necessarily in retail. I got the joy of apartments, which are a totally different beast, yeah, office buildings, yeah. some retail and stuff. And then took over um, a mall for a private family in Northern California. And that's back in the days where mall managers were still mostly male. And you guys were moving every two years, but people were starting to have their spouses have careers back then. And I got the pleasure of working for a, a private family for almost 10 years there, which was a blast. They were out of Hong Kong. And so oh, I was cool. like the only um, American person that worked, or I was, yeah, the only American person that was there. And uh, I loved it. And <laughs> the best part that was one day my security calls me over the two way and they say there's a uh, naked man walking through the parking lot. And my boss just gently turns around and looks at me and says, friend of yours? <laughs> you know it? <laughs> um, I got to know him a little bit. <laughs> Let's just say we had an introduction very shortly. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yes. No, you should have said it's Tuesday. My naked guy doesn't come till Thursday. So that's I don't, right, know, yes, I don't yes. know who this guy yeah. is. This one Mine's always mine. Friday at 445. <laughs> yeah, as I a gift. Know. I don't know who this <laughs> guy is. Yeah. I also like the fact that as general managers, you know, nobody knows what we do, which is fine with most of us. You know, we like to do different things. And so when people ask, what the heck do you do? And and my comment now has just become, I generally manage. And then when they push it a little bit, I'll say, well, you know, if everything's going right when you're at the mall, you do not know I exist. But when things don't go right, then I'm the person responsible. And one of the guys said to me not too long ago, oh, you're that person. (laughs) <laughs> yes oh, that's who great. we are yes yes if you remember that super bowl when the lights went out i could yes. te- i could tell who the general manager of the stadium was <laughs> <laughs> no one else could tell but i knew exactly who on the field was worried about the power company in new orleans <laughs> yeah. we we uh we have a guest that we hope comes on later she's been in the industry for quite a while and she was telling me one time her, her i think it was boyfriend at the time maybe husband now was uh, traveled the world and set up some real elaborate plants that, I mean, he was probably one of a handful of people in the world that could do that. And they'd be at a, you know, a Christmas party or a party in her town. And, you know, he'd say he did X and X and X. And they said, what do you do? And she said, I manage the mall. And uh, everyone start talking to her. Everyone has an opinion about the mall. Everyone knows what shops you need. They can tell you a good experience, a bad experience, you know. And here's a guy that, you know, has knowledge and world experience in building whatever it was and they want to talk them all my kids were in high school when we first moved up here and they learned early on not to uh, sorry about that i didn't know oh. so, anyway that's right. here that was right. one guy that was going to come today so no, that's that's great that's all right you you got a handle we're good and i can pause it and we'll just click it out so yeah of course i don't remember where we were but that's right <laughs> i don't either but um <laughs> I just had to give directions, and we, Don and I were just saying the classic part is they put our offices in the worst place possible. Yeah, and I was just giving the directions. No, no, keep walking past the bathrooms before the loading docks. Get past the men's room. 
Yep, you, yep. you, you might have heard me. The, the, the first office I had that was mine was in a three-story building called the Mansion. And it had been a big home in Sweet. North Carolina. And the first floor had a uh, number one restaurant sales-wise. The second floor was a radio station, maybe even a TV station. But it was one of the local ones. And then the offices were on the third floor. I had a veranda that looked out over the property. And this property was an outdoor center and had just... I mean, it must have had 50 or 60 Bradford pear trees, and there was a grill out there, and I'm thinking, yeah, this is good, good. My next one was the one I've talked about that was out the back door, past the dumpster, then down a little hallway, then up a flight of stairs. And uh, no one ever willingly went into that office. They, they gave, whatever they were upset about, they gave up before they got there. <laughs> so uh, you just look at it and go, yeah, this has got to be – something bad's going to happen back here, but – well, I, I remember a mall that I that uh, that I had gone to visit the management office and say hi to the staff, and they had taken like an old storefront, so it was like the glass front in the middle of the common area. And I'm like, this is direct access; they can see in and see there's someone sitting there. That's a bad idea. Like, so, but it worked for them. I don't know. I, but, you know. Well, do you remember that one point it became a, a thought that the general managers should sit in the middle of the mall? Yes. And I, I don't know if you guys remember that picture, but I did see a picture one day. They had this woman sitting at an oversized desk in the middle of the common area, absolutely nothing on their desk because there's nothing out there that you want anybody to see. She looked like it was take your daughter to work day. And uh, one of my <laughs> friends said, yeah, way too many F-bombs dropping in my office. Put me in the middle of the mall. So. Well, they used to have us put pictures of, our, of ourselves there. And that's how come I have a mustache now. After it was drawn in so many times, I thought, <laughs> well, I might as well let it grow out because everyone thinks I have one now. So we'll go through. Apparently you have demon eyes, too. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. I have to. Uh, we were talking about offices. We bought a mall once, and I'm not going to say the state or anything, but it was the worst mall offices I've ever seen. And as we were going through due diligence, there was a group from the company there, and we, we – uh, came back into the office and and we were using their conference room and their conference room did not have a ceiling so it was just a wall that went up you know like 10 feet but they were all on the other side and we were wanting to talk about things that we had seen and we're writing notes to each other because we can't talk because we're afraid they're listening to it it was it was horrible but the first thing we did there was put in decent offices for for them and uh, they were very appreciative that they got the uh, you got the okay yeah, with that. That yeah. was like an even trade. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, I don't want to keep telling stories, but when you take a break, I've got another story about that office. But uh, what's what's been your favorite office so far? Uh, you know, when I worked, I did portfolio management in between stints as a mall manager. And so I got embedded with the brokers. So I, probably my favorite office was not actually at a mall. It was an entire floor in a downtown Sacramento building where – we had a little tiny cubby hole for property management, <laughs> but I hadn't, you know, come holidays and weekends, you know, when none of those guys actually come to the office, I had an entire floor for myself every time I was working. Overtime. Sweet. Probably a better view. That's probably good. It was a gorgeous view. Yeah. Right. My view here right now, I have no windows and uh, I've got my security cameras turned off. So I'm, I'm the only so, thing I can stare at is you two guys. Yep, just, mm. just in the box. <laughs> yeah. In the box. I've had views of some lovely dumpsters too just because yeah. you're always in the back and you know it's it's pretty sweet. Well, lovely and dumpsters goes together a lot. Yeah, you know? that, it's a, those words are always there together. Well, and, and you know, we we've uh, we've even had a couple of emergencies. I mean, you know, we're sitting here on a on a Friday chatting or whatever day it is and we're uh, you know, it's like 
you know, w- whether it's a Santa thing going on right now or uh, or something else, we always get surprises. Do you have anything that you've kind of, you know, as a general manager, man or general, you know, uh, what, what's been a couple of the surprises you get? Uh, one of the most disturbing one was getting a phone call one uh, Sunday morning to say that a grease trap in one of the sidewalks for one of the restaurants had burst open, just overflowed and was all over the sidewalk, all over the road. I go hauling, I'm down there and uh, there's one maintenance guy and I, and it's just an inch and a half of grease everywhere. <laughs> so we're putting cones up and we're trying to get the tape out and everything. And it's before the mall opens. It's, it's fairly early on a Sunday morning. And this guy drives in and we're working on this stuff in the road and he drives right through the grease and as you kept going past us the building turned 90 degrees as an l turn now his tires are totally encased in grease and there is no way he's got any connection with the asphalt and we're watching him thinking he's going straight through into that tenant (laughs) there's no way he's turning but he made the corner the 90 degree kind of running like he's at a you know a racetrack or something made the next 90 degree corner and then he just drove off into the distance and we're just shaking our head like there's no way that just worked. Wow. And then like 10 minutes later, a bike rider comes through the mall. It was an open air mall, comes through on his bike, comes right up next to us, lifts the caution tape up, mm. rides his bike under the caution tape out into this gross grease and his bike just slips sideways and they both go right down in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> he just picks himself up, grabs his bike, never says a word and just walks off. Yeah, that's that's called karma. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a reason the tape said caution. That one was oh, that's awesome. that's pretty awesome. I had a mall once near the interstate, and a truck had developed a diesel leak, and pulled off, and uh, the mall was close to that, and they they pulled onto our property, and then sat there and let their diesel leak out. This was overnight. And in the morning when people are coming on, diesel fuel has basically the same effect on asphalt as grease. And cars were wrecking on that intersection or in that interchange as they, as they were going through just there. Just literally slipping yeah. out of the way and just hitting. Yeah. Wow. You, you know, grease traps, too, for those who have not had the pleasure of doing what we do for a living, it is one of the most odiferous things that you will ever, ever smell when they're cleaning those. Yeah. And we were having trouble with a tenant in the food court, which if you had been there, this you know, wouldn't have happened because we wouldn't have had a tenant who served grease because you have a nutrition background. But um, <laughs> when we built out the space, we required a grease trap, and it was there. And we started having trouble with the main line, and we looked into it, and he had removed the grease trap because no one wanted to clean it. So that was giving us problems everywhere. So I'm arguing with him, and it was a pizza chain. And he said, we don't need a grease trap because we don't have any grease in our pizza because the things come in pre-cooked. And I said, I have watched people take napkins and sop the grease up on your pizza before they eat it. How can you tell? I said, (laughs) I have to believe it would have been a major news story if somehow there was fat-free pizza with all the ingredients you have. There would have been something in a medical journal about it. It would have been amazing. And and he never would back down. I finally just quit arguing with him because he was was insisting it wasn't there. But we did get the grease trap back. And I would have thought that the health department would have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That was probably next step. Yes, uh, yes. Well, and, and did you... Stop having mainline plugged yes. up issues oh, a, as soon as that grease trap went back in. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. because clearly they didn't need it. Yep, yeah, yeah. Well, how's Santa coming in this year? What's or, or how did Santa Santa come in? Well, Santa with drama. 
I mean, that's how Santa normally comes. Um, we've had a, a same Santa great guy for several years who unfortunately fell and dislocated his elbow and is having multiple surgeries. So oh, I actually no. got a call a couple of Sundays ago, the kind of calls that make general managers drink. And Santa calls me up and says, hey, you know, I'm going to have surgeries. I'm not coming. I thought, oh, no. oh, great. We're canceling Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, listening to your stories about when you guys used to have to run Santa set by yourself, luckily nowadays, uh, most of us have subcontracted out. So I knew someone else had to go find another Santa for us, but, um, he, so we, we are set up, but yes, when we start talking about Santa stuff, um, I think my favorite part of this holiday is how you just start laughing. Sometimes we had a particularly dramatic Santa set one year and everybody was just always fighting for, I don't know what reason. And I'm in the office on a Friday afternoon because that's when everything goes wrong, right? And the door flings open. There's very (laughs) indignant elf standing there in her costume, hands on her hips. And she glares at me and says, that's it. I'm gone and I'm taking the rest of the elves with me. And she shut the door and left. And I burst out laughing. <laughs> because I'm not the marketing manager and I don't run the Santa set. So all I have to do is make some phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Hi, you have an elf mutiny. Please come back. Click. <laughs> elf do something mutiny. about it. Oh. Well, we had, we, had a, we had one, it might have been the year before I took over that mall in particular, but we had come together with this huge Santa set, you know, like this big monstrosity. It was awesome, but it had all these experiences in it. So so we had our third-party contractor running the photo booth, you know, the Santa. So the check-in, the cue to Santa, right at Santa, the Santix, you know, photos, and then the photo sales was all handled by a third-party contractor. But we had all these really cool interactions that were set up between the check-in and the Santa. And so... You know, all these touch points, right? All these different things. And we, the mall owner, decided that we should employ that staff because we wanted to make sure they delivered the message the way we wanted to message, really create the experience, do all these such things. And, and we did. It was awesome. It was great. Except that we, you know, this is a number of years ago, and so you have to remember this is prime dollars, even though it sounds less good now. But I think we were the third party contractor was paying all of the Santa set elves like $14 an hour. And we were paying all of our super experiential guys, uh, $18 an hour, $19 an hour, something like that. And wouldn't, you know, they talked about that at some point while they were working together in the set as side by side compatriots. And basically the set manager just threw a fit halfway through the season. I was like on a Saturday and was like, I am not putting up with this anymore. And they like all the elves and the Santa set like left. It was just literally Santa and the people we were paying to be there to set up the experience and everything else had left. And it was just like, oh, this didn't work out how we thought this should work out. So the next year, everyone worked for the same contractors. (laughs) That sounds like a case of elf envy or something. I think it was a definitely green with envy kind of thing. You uh, go ahead, Aaron. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, we, I think we all have Santa stories. And since I'm sitting here in my Santa vest, it's appropriate. But um, some of the ones I love now that everybody has online um, appointments and they're staggered. So we no longer have people standing in line with their poor children for an hour and a half while they're waiting to get up to see Santa. That Those were just horrible times. Um, but we had one a couple of years ago and 
it was like something off of, I don't know, Maury Povich or one of those shows <laughs> where we had uh, baby daddy and his mom and the new baby mama and then the old girlfriend with the baby in line at the same time. And they were coming, the, the women were coming to blows. I don't know where the babies were, to tell you the truth. Hopefully and, strollers or grandmas hold you. Uh, yeah. Sure. Well, no, grandma was right in the midst of that oh, one. Oh, okay. She, right. she, yeah. And it was hysterical because they're, we're literally breaking up these fighting women in the Santa line and baby daddy standing off to the side and just standing there not saying a word. And all I could think about is, he doesn't look worth this, ladies. <laughs> you guys are all three fighting over this guy in no good way. Like It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy because you're literally about to go sit in a chair with, or or maybe it was just to get the kids in the chair with with the big man, but... But still, it's like you're doing something joyful in this instance, and it's like, oh, no, it's way too much drama. <laughs> no. well, we had a soothing Santa that we did one year, oh. and that was probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And that was... Describe it. What, what, what is a soothing Santa? So the idea was for children that uh, sensory, the stimulation was too much to be there on standard. So these are kids who probably have never had a chance to go and, and have photos done. And yeah, because the so, music, the noise, the lights, the flickering, yes, the just, everything. Yeah, the pressure is just too much. Um, we set it up by appointment. One of my friends is a executive director of Easter Seals, so they had sponsored it and they were in with um, helping us out with it. And it was just one of those days sitting off to the side where you realize that there's a lot of good people in this world because these kids, you know, we'd give them 15 minutes instead of three to be there with Santa. The lights were off in the mall. The music was off in the mall. Everything was low key. Um, Santa was not sitting on the chair. They would let the children approach the chair. If they if they wanted to sit on the chair, Santa would get up and stand behind it and pose for the photo so that the memories that were captured in that moment were something these families had never had before. Oh, that's and that awesome. was beautiful. That's gorgeous. We had um, one child that we actually watched him walk in. He came in from the south end of the mall. And um, it was all, even with that quite a, a setup, it was a little much for him. And his mother was just letting him slowly come into the mall. It probably took him at least 30 minutes to get up to the Santa set. And they were able, because he just had to keep stopping and kind of getting comfortable with where he was and stuff. And they were able to get Santa pictures. Oh, that's great. First time ever in the whole fa the family's life, they got him in and got the yep. got the pictures. Yeah, very nice. Well, it's just so it's so memorable. It's it's both sweet and memorable, and that's I think, I think that's well, sort of the joy and, of the season. And isn't that the part that Christmas is all about? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, a couple of years ago, well, it's been several years now, but we had a mall in uh, Indiana where Santa was eating breakfast in the in the morning uh, at a restaurant next to the mall. He was sitting by himself, and there was a lady in there with her daughter the daughter saw santa sitting by himself and said santa shouldn't be alone and went and sat with him and it was a story that was picked up on ap and it was a great picture of this little girl sitting across from santa at breakfast conversing and then uh, i'd have to go back and look on the internet but he he pulled and this wasn't staged but something like that happened the next year too i mean it was something well, that sweet it so might have been a signing santa i know we saw i saw something oh, yeah. once about you know a child comes up with with uh, you know, uh, some some hearing issues, and Santa happened to know how to sign. And you can only imagine how thrilling that has to be when, you know, you're not used to that. You yeah. know, you're trying to you're trying to figure it out. On the flip side of all those sweet stories, uh, I have a couple stories about the nights that you bring your pets in for Santa pictures, 
and um, they never quite. Oh joy! Go, yeah, they never quite go the way that you. Well, they go a lot, but they never go the way that you think they should go. And uh, you know, horses in the mall just really it doesn't work too well. A good pet night, yeah. you know. You know, I've seen Santa with a ferret, Santa with a python, mm-hmm. Santa with a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had the emu or ostrich, I th- no, though I was, nor, nor I was hoping I. for one. Yeah. Any, any? Well, I got a phone call one time, um, and it was early on years here at this mall, and the guy said, you know, Pat Knight, can I bring my cat? I was like, yeah, you can bring cats. And he's like... Okay, well, it, it's a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Sigfi and Roy live near you? Is that what I, this one was? Was I it a white tiger? I would, I would have taken yes for the answer, and I would not have asked a follow-up question. <laughs> I was just like, I had this image of the tiger getting loose and running through the common area and children scattering all over the place. I was like, no, you can't bring your tiger. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, you are such a fun ruiner. Man, I know, well. I am. You know, animals, though, that's a classic because... I love animals, and um, maybe ten years ago, people would bring very well controlled, socialized animals. Very, the mall. very specific animals, like not a Great Dane horse through the mall. It would be like the accessory dog, you know, the <laughs> no, Paris Hilton. No, dog. actually, I don't mind the Great Danes. I have okay. big dogs right. and stuff, but they were good dogs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and something flipped in our culture. What about seven, eight years ago? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, no one could leave the house without Fido. Yeah, certainly and it didn't, the, the didn't pet- matter if Fido wanted to leave, you know, go or not. And I have a CD in my drawer that is literally entitled "When Fluffy's Attack," <laughs> and it's a video off the closed circuit cameras of this very stately, tall, older gentleman striding through the mall, and he has a beautiful little white fluffy dog on the leash, maybe a Pomeranian, and they look like they're in a dog show. That dog strutting his stuff. And then all of a sudden, this little toddler comes out of the side of the frame, kind of drunkenly going for the dog. And the dog goes bat crazy, lunging Just. for the baby. <laughs> and then the, the guy reaches down and picks his dog up, looks totally embarrassed, grabs a dog and hustles off, off frame with it. And then the next one they've got on there is from not very lo- much longer. It's one of my security officers. He's down at the, the uh, play area. And there is a woman screaming at my officer, you cannot tell me that I have to take my dog out of the mall. And in the meantime, the woman is moving and dragging her dog on the leash because her dog is defecating all over the floor and being dragged through the mall while this lady's (laughs) screaming, you can't tell me to to take my dog out. (laughs) So I became the person who made us only have ADA service dogs. Mm -hmm. And I, I was not well liked for quite a long time, but... Yeah, Sorry. that's that's did, that's the did, tough one. Did you specify ADA dogs only dead or alive? Because <laughs> I haven't run into that <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> but you do know you can have a pony for a service animal. Yes, I haven't run yeah. into that yet. But I have not run into the miniature pony service animal yet. But plenty of people try and have their duck or whatever else they can get away with there. But that's more of the emotional, sir. You know, the emotional support animal, which is not really a service animal. So. Well, uh, unfortunately, your defecating uh, reminded me of another story. We had the grand opening of a mall, <laughs> and uh, we were in the office, and we hear a call that uh, they want a manager down at the at customer service because someone had claimed they stepped in human waste in the middle of the mall. And we thought, well, this is interesting. And a few minutes later, we get a second call on that, and we're thinking, hmm, wonder if this is a, 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 new, a new scam where people – uh, come in the mall and get new shoes out of 
well, we stepped in this in the mall. It's not right. And so uh, the manager went down. I went into the security room and start looking at security footage when we got the area. And my, my wife happened to be there that day. And uh, we were watching the the uh, film and there was a lady walking through with a child that we're guessing to be oh maybe three or four years old and uh, she's sort of dragging him through and then all of a sudden when you were looking at things he must have been going commando because right out of the pants leg of his shorts and people (laughs) everyone was there walking through and it's like yeah i don't think this is a scam i think we buy those people's shoes and then just sort of call it call it a day it's a real deal yeah this 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 really happened and we have it on video so you know you got to love the cctv though because you know before you had it you always went into the he said she said and you know what the what the different options were so it was it was good to have video proof of that well and i i had a mall i had a mall once where where along the the feces story, I guess. <laughs> hmm. to, to, I, I can uh, see the title uh, of this yeah, one yeah, now, yeah, yeah, Aaron. Man, you're you're gonna oh, man, you're gonna ruin the podcast. Yeah, this going podcast forward. is gonna have a real fun <laughs> name. Um, but you know, <laughs> I said defecate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, <laughs> this part, th- this episode is just gonna be called "Everybody Poops." Okay, that's what it's gonna be called. So you know, you know so, oh great, yeah. thanks yeah. for yeah. my yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Totally great. It'll be totally great. But so so so, so I'm talking to my department store manager. And he's asking us about, like, do you have any footage around the center? Da, da, da. And have you had anybody pooping in your, like, in your restrooms but not where you should be pooping? You know, and I'm going, like, no, we're, we're, we're fine. We have gorgeous – it was an outdoor mall. And it's like it's a, you know, got gorgeous restrooms. We're fine. Anyway, so, like, four weeks in a row, he would come into his, to his restroom and right there in the middle of the floor <laughs> – like not in any stalls, middle of the floor, there was just a pile of poo, you know, and uh, and he's he can't figure this out. Like so, he's trying to track what what customers are coming to the mall and going to the restaurant. It's, it's the female restroom. He's going, I can't, I can't figure this out. I can't figure this out. Finally, like after like a month, this older gentleman comes in, and he's super apologetic. He's just like, hey. My wife has a fear of public bathrooms, and I think she's been coming here to shop um, and using your restroom. So, uh, restroom floor. And, and uh, yeah, uh, apparently she would. She didn't have an issue going into the restroom, but once she was in the restroom, all things in the restroom became like lava. And so she would go dead center, so she didn't touch anything, and there she would use the business. And so, mm. and so anyway, we watched her over to our restroom that was not in the department store, and our restroom was much more glamorous and luxurious, and we showed her the cleaning staff and all the people. And so she, she was able to finally accept coming over to our restroom and using the stall that she knew that we cleaned at a certain cadence, and then she was able to calm down. But it was just like... Four weeks in a row, you came here. Wow! And it's just like we can't yeah. really. Like, why'd you do this? Like, just don't come. Just don't. Like, stay home. Like, just they they make adult diapers. Well, <laughs> you know that, and that that's true too. But it was just kind of like wow. So you know, he he it was it was the case of the the case of the mystery pooper. You know. So. Yeah. Well, I can see a a, a Nancy Drew uh, story coming out on that. Aaron, you sent us a couple notes before you came on. One of the things you put in there was uh, uh, comparing being a general manager to an ER uh, oh, doctor. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I wish I'd thought of that. 
you can relate, can't you? Yeah. And, and the backstory on this is I was talking to um, a, a regional person one time at a company I worked for, and I said, you know, if general managers were doctors, we would all be emergency room doctors because we don't want the same thing walking in day after day. Yeah. We thrive on something different. And I was out training on that company when I first joined and I was down in L.A. I still remember this, walking through this big ballroom to walk into a conference room, brand new to my properties. I had a whole portfolio of different properties. And I got a phone call on my cell phone. And it's one of my industrial buildings in Northern California. And they said, they just red tagged our rail spur. And all I could think of was, cool. How do we get red, red yeah. tag off of a rail spur? <laughs> I just would have been thinking, we have, in the right we have a rail spur? Like, it's awesome. <laughs> Is it a real red tag? What's it look like? <laughs> Is it one of those dinky ones you can just twist and reopen, or are we talking about like a real tag? You know. <laughs> well, I stood there with my cell phone, you know, and my little business suit and suitable pumps, and I figured out how to unred tag a rail spur from you know, 600 miles away. So. Well, and, and you're you're probably going like, what did we do wrong that got this tagged out? Like, did anyone get a letter? Like anybody? Nobody? Nobody knew this? <laughs> nope. They yeah, just showed up to today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but if it ever happens again, you now know what to do. So well, you, I, you know, I, that was a long time ago. I think I'd have to start the process over. Yeah. Oh, well, oh. I'm still going to call you for advice on it because if, <laughs> I, if I can get a rail spur over to my mom, I'm doing it. You know, it's uh, funny, but. Sometimes things happen in life that later come back to help you. I was actually at lunch once with a police chief in a town in Indiana. And while we were there, he got a call, and there had been a homicide. And a person was killed right on the line separating the city from the county. And as I was with the police chief, he's talking to the officer who called it in. And he said, where's the gentleman's feet? And they said, it's in the county. He said, call the county. He died in the county. He fell into the... So fast forward about 10 years, I'm at lunch, I get a call from security, there was a store that was going through some remodeling, had taken out their glass in the front, but they still had that lip on the bottom, you know, the, the six inch, and they had caution tape there, someone walked out of the store not paying attention, tripped over that and fell in the mall, and I said, where were their feet? And they said, in the store. I said, it's the store's problem. And he fell in the store. He didn't fall in the mall. He fell in the store. And I'm thinking, I just had that little bit of information back there because uh, of a homicide. Better, you know, it was reach, a good homicide. Reach, reach deep into the homicide right. bin and pull it out to save your property management yeah. insurance. I, you know, I remember the story, but I don't know if I actually got away with it, But uh, meaning you I don't know, know if I was able to push it back. On our show, you got away with it, Don. Yeah. On our yeah, show, yeah, you got yeah, away I, with it. I got a maxi for it. Yeah, for the I, clever I'm, way. I'm, I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty sure. Yeah. And then they all applauded. Yeah, yeah. they all and applauded. Then applauded. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not, not at the, the National the, Retail Federation, yeah. but at the at the I, mall convention. I, I was 100%. employee of the year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll never forget the the year I got elected in the city council. I thought I really have a shot at being employee of the year, and we had a marketing manager give their uh, general manager a kidney. And I'm thinking, oh, well, yeah. that, that sort of trumps getting yeah. elected you, into it. You lost that one, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you, yeah. You know. uh, but they had this great routine, you know, like uh, when one of them would get up to go to the bathroom, they'd say, do you need to go too? Because, we're, you know, we're sharing the <laughs> same kidney. And, you know, they, they were uh, – uh, what, a, what a selfless thing to do, though, to, to give uh, give another person your kidney, and especially someone that you worked with. It, it, really, it really was a, just a great – Aaron, uh, well, I've go I've got a, a good uh, it's a Karen story. Oh, oh, I love Karen stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just had a grocery open up 
here in an old um, an old um, department store building. And the way it's oriented, they have entries at opposite sides of the building. You walk down a hallway and then enter into the grocery that way. That way there's only one entry in and out of the grocery store, which is a really good idea for security and a whole bunch of other reasons. So the general feedback on social media was very positive about the store coming in. They loved it. They loved the prices. They loved everything, except because there's always got to be something. Oh, my God, it's such a long walk down those hallways, and it's uphill in both directions, and oy vey. And, uh, and, and so snow. My, and snow. My ops manager was standing in the entryway with one of the, one of the grocery security people, so two big, tall guys. And this woman walks in and she strides up to these two big guys and looks at them and she says, it's 142 steps to get here. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and it's like, how how many steps do you, does it take when you park your car at Costco to get to the Costco front door, right? Yep. Well, 142 <laughs> would be short, I think. Short, that's, yeah, yeah. So uh, you, can, you just, you can't please everybody. No. Well, and that's hilarious because like, you were going to go to that department anyway, weren't you? Like when you walked in the door, you were going to go right or left to the corner to get the stuff to then go around the whole shopping for the grocery and then go to checkout and then leave, right? Like I'm pretty sure I walk my entire grocery store when I go there and I have a kind of routine. I go in the door, I go to the veggie section on the left and then I walk in the counterclockwise measure and then I get to milk in the way back because we're all dumb and put it way back there and then I come all the way to the front and then I buy my stuff and we go outside. Like I've walked the whole store. The only time I don't walk the whole store is when Someone in my family doesn't need Slim Fast or medicine in the one corner. And it's like outside of that, I've walked every inch of this 80,000 square feet. So why why is a 142-foot entry shoot going to cause us an issue? <laughs> you're, you're trying to be reasonable. <laughs> well, I did use logic, reason, and my own shopping experience. But uh, there you go. I do remember hearing a comedy routine one time where they were talking about people going to the store, push the shopping cart around, you know, two miles inside the store. And then when they empty their cart, they can't go the 20 feet to the rack. They have to put it in front of the car or put it somewhere. You know, they, Lift they it just, onto the curb. They just, they just walked, you know, half a mile or a mile. But that last 20 feet, no, that's, that's, nope. that's the limit right there. So you just don't want to do any more when you do that. That's awesome. Aaron, Aaron, if we switch gears for a second, um, one of the first stories you ever shared with me, and uh, I'd love to hear you actually tell it, was – one of those sweet stories, but it was about your security. And I loved hearing it. In fact, I, I originally, when I shared with you that, with Don, that I wanted to invite you on, um, when we were kind of initially talking about, hey, we should have some, some guests, um, I said, oh, this is the story that, this is the lady that I that shared the story with us when we first started. And so I'd love to hear um, that kind of special security story, if you remember the one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, you know, again, we spend all day making, you know, trying to deal with people that are mad about 142 steps or trying to, you know, make budgets work or whatever. And then every once in a while, something happens that makes you realize why you, this place is so special. And I was out on the um, common area floor and my radio kicks on and it's housekeeping. And it says, there's a woman yelling in the parking lot and a man walking around, you know, following her. So, you know, you always have to assume the worst. And I hear one of the security officers come on and say she's on her way. So we go walking over to see what's going on. And as soon as I got to the mall entry where I could see in the parking lot, you could tell that this was a married couple and that um, she was in distress. And her husband was literally just trying to keep her from walking into traffic. 
she was very, very upset. Um, the security officer comes out of the corner of my eyes and she has her hands extended in pure welcome. And I can hear the husband say, here she is, here she is, she's coming right now. And the woman just turns around and sees the officer, reaches her hands out and just gets engulfed in this hug from the officer. She calms down right away being in the officer's arms. It was very hot that day. The officer gets him to come inside and and uh, calmed her on down. She used to be a mall walker and her Alzheimer's had progressed to the point that that day she was not recognizing her husband. He had brought her down to the mall to get a blouse to wear to a wedding that was coming up. and. She just didn't know who he was. She wouldn't follow him around. She, she was very upset. And the, she recognized the officer. Mm. So the officer oh. got her nice and calmed down. He brought the car around. She got her in the car and, and off they drove. But it was just so hard to watch someone that you had seen years before just marching around the mall telling me what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah marking their broken tile. And now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, the husband wrote the most beautiful part wrenching letter afterwards to make sure that we understood he didn't know we were standing there watching the whole thing but it it brought yeah. tears to my eyes to see it because this the compassion that the security officer had for this woman was at the highest level and it it's sometimes you know what customer service is is it's just holding a hand and giving a hug it's just so. the compassion that that's a like i said that's a beautiful story and it's so f touching because you know, yes, yeah, security ha or even us has to deal with a lot of whatever. But, but yeah, there's times when just a miracle happens. I mean, she was on shift. She was there. I mean, I believe in miracles, and I think it's a cool thing that 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 timing in the universe worked out so that you know she could respond and that there was that connection and that you know that rem it, it, it was beautiful. To yeah, watch. that's that's just that's just. That's just awesome. Well, when, yeah. you ha when you have the tens of thousands or millions of people that pass through the mall, you know, there's there's all sorts and all types. And let's face it, 99% of them are, are great or, or non-eventful <laughs> transactions. But we had a, a, a father and an elderly daughter who were in the mall almost every day, and they got sort of dropped off there, and they just stayed at the mall all day, and they, they – uh, uh, <laughs> he was lonely. He'd go into stores and ask for a hug. And uh, he wouldn't take hugs, but you know some of the some of the store employees would would give him a hug, and you know he'd go on his way, and it, you could tell they were deteriorating as as far as their health. And we found out later they ran out of money, and our one of our security guards found them sleeping back in a dumpster area one night, and he took his own money, called a cab, and put him up in a hotel that night. And then in the morning told us what we did, and we were able to find a daughter in a different state and, and uh, you know, get them. You know, we, we, we put them on a bus and sent them up to, to her. But, you know, that officer, the fact that when he found him, he didn't call anybody. He didn't ask permission. He did the human thing right then of made sure that they were someplace safe that night. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out in the morning because there's some things that you just can't figure out immediately. And, and you got to love that. Yeah. They do have a, a strong connection to the community. Right. You know, they see the regulars. They know who's maybe needs to have their medication checked a little bit or, or you know, who needs, like you said, a call to a family member to come get it. And I appreciate it because it's uh, it's not an easy job being a security officer. No. We expect total customer service from them. And 
Yeah. And then they have to deal with the security part too. Yeah. Yeah. Then the security. I, I tell you, I used to have a security manager that I loved. You know, a lot of times we, we all had code of conduct where you couldn't have more than three or four kids together and, you know, the, you couldn't gather in the mall. And, you know, those things came about because of the few that, that screw it up for you. But uh, we had a uh, security guard that when he saw a large group of kids, he'd walk right in the middle of them, stick out his hand and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. He said, who are you? And he'd get everybody's name. He goes, you know what? I'll remember you. Never said, what are you doing here? Why are you hanging? But he, you know, he didn't, he didn't stand back. He didn't glare at them. He went right in the middle of it, shook everybody's hands, welcomed them, and, and then let them, know, let them know that they were in his mall. And uh, we had very little problems when he was there. I'm not sure if I told this story, but my wife was a school teacher, and I came out of the office one day, and there was a kid on the upper level throwing quarters <laughs> down on a person down on the first floor, just throwing them at people. And I walked up, and I just tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, can I invite you to go home today and come back tomorrow when you're not going to throw coins? He didn't give me any argument. I didn't call security. I did walk out with him and just said, you know, it's just not behavior we want here. And so uh, the next day in school, he said, uh, Mrs. Pot." what are the chances your husband would have thrown me out of the mall yesterday? And he, she said, well, based on that question, I think it's probably 100%. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one of her students. And, you know, I didn't make a big thing of it. It was just like, you know, this isn't the behavior we want. Please go away and come back when you – and uh, it, it was pretty funny that it was one of her students. Well, and I, I think it's, it's you know, keeping on this kind of good good-naturedness. Uh, you know, we have AED units around the malls. You know, in in high you know in high traffic locations where we can quickly ask, access them, and and sometimes we have them in the mobile units, and it, if we have a dispatch center, they have one. Then we have some mounted around, you know, and and um, you know, I've been in the business what seventeen years, uh, you know, this year, and and uh, I think at least three times I've had a police, I've had a security officer have to run, grab an AED, you know, and go through the steps attach attach fire fire go hit green button go like you know and and they've saved I, i've never lost anybody at least that i know of yet so um which is a good thing but uh but in in this instance but like the security officer has the training has has the piece but like we're talking about a mall that has millions of people that that come through on an annual basis. I mean, we've had pregnant ladies faint. We've had people have sit, sit down, have a medical condition or, um, you know, have something that suddenly attacks them then. And, you know, and at least there's a service or there's somebody that can help and, and jump out if they're alone or with family that doesn't know what to do. And, right. and I mean, just the fact that, you know, someone's going blue and, and you can shock them and, you know, they've shocked them back to life and, until they get the, paramedics there and they can get in the worst away it's, it's just a kind of an exciting not exciting but it's a it's a warm fuzzy you know yeah. because there's a there's an upside to, to having them there it's yeah different. we've actually i've had two different officers who have brought people back from dead with the aed here and um it is the local fire department actually did a big award ceremony um for one of them and cool Watching it on videotape, gentleman's just walking through the mall, and it looks like a slip and fall. He just dropped, and luckily, um, one of the tenants there was also a CNA. So as soon as my officer got there, she started CPR on him and had the A and D brought up. And the the CNA tenant was over there helping her, and it, you can see off to the side as um, the ambulance people show up, and all they know is it's a call to the mall, which happens how often? 
Yep. Frequently. Every Bless day. their souls. Every day. <laughs> yeah, every day. They come every time we call. That's why I always say mm-hmm. thank you. And you could see them, they're just walking in, and then all of a sudden they realize that someone's doing CPR and has got the AED out, and these guys go hustling through. But um his his wife came in the next week to say thank you because he was getting whatever was wrong with his heart fixed and they were heading out and she was just like, You saved my husband's life. Yep. And it was like, Wow. Yep. You're welcome. Well, and I think I, you know, we're we're wrapping this up now, and I think that's just such an awesome thing. I mean, the warm fuzzies, the great things. I mean, having your officers be able to save somebody that that did have something that that they didn't maybe necessarily recognize as being as serious as it was, and and getting recognized in the community for that that good action is just it's one of the wonderful things about the mall. I mean, heck, we our stories today range from poop all the way into <laughs> in, 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 into heartwarming Alzheimer's <laughs> hugs. I mean, it's it's amazing. So I think it's just a Monday at a mall, and that, that's, that's and that's just Monday. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, man, it, it's been it's been so awesome. Um, to just kind of share these stories with you, Aaron, and, I, and we appreciate your support being one of our first listeners and and uh, spreading the good word. Um, just because it's it's kind of exciting. So, Aaron, it's been so much fun hearing stories from other people. Uh, David's been a, a sort of a lifesaver for me because in retirement I was going a little stir crazy, and uh, my stories I was repeating them. Now I have new ones to tell. Uh, I'll change them to mind when I tell them. They won't, you Absolutely. Won't, you, no, won't, you, won't you know, get, you're old enough. No one will tell you yeah, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah, you won't get exactly. credit for them anymore. But uh, it's it's just great. And, and I, I tell you, I've, I've joked that these, these podcasts could actually be used as recruiting films for when you want to get someone in the business because you're told, you know, when you, you come in, they talk about what your duties are. <laughs> but when it's all said and done, it's not those 10 or 15 or 20 things that are on the piece of paper, what your duty is. It's all those things that fall in between the lines in those categories because you never really know what each day is going to bring. But I, I tell you, what, I never I never left work. I, I, I was never worried about being bored. I yeah. mean, you, you knew something was going to happen. Not all of it was bad. Some of it was horrible. You know, you'd, you'd rather not ever do it again. But when it was all said and done, it, it's a great job. I'm glad I was never stuck in a cubicle. I'm glad that I didn't have to do the same repetitive job every, every day. And I, I wasn't responsible for attaching bolt A to an, uh, thread B, you know. And uh, when it's all said and done, we may have all had something a little wrong with us to do this. But uh, what, a, what a great career and what a great way to be part of a community and, and part of an organization. So, Aaron, thank you very much for joining us today. And uh, we really appreciate our time with you. I loved being here. Thank you, guys. Keep your show up. It's great. Oh, awesome. Well, we're Thanks, looking forward to have you back. And, uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening today. Um, you know, I think this is a pretty good way to kick off Thanksgiving this week. So I hope everyone enjoys Thanksgiving. And uh, I know we are. And hopefully uh, you can't see us, but I am uh, I enjoy food. That's what. Uh, if you looked at me, you would know I enjoy food. So um, we're grateful for everyone's listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time.